Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Talks with the Gratitude Chick. I am your host, Luanza, aka the Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at the Gratitude Chick for Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and Gratitude underscore Chick for Twitter. everyone welcome back to a new episode our first episode of the series motivational mondays yes manifesting mondays is over i have decided to kind of revamp stuff to um not really put everything in just kind of a a a box and while i'll still of course have episodes of you know about manifesting I wanted this to be more of a motivational and inspirational blog or uh, not blog, but um, well, it's a blog attached to it now, but podcast. So um, which is why I've rebranded things. Um, Babes Who Manifest is still my group on Facebook, but now we are talks with the Gratitude Chick. I am the Gratitude Chick and welcome. So on the first episode today of uh, Motivational Mondays, and um, we're talking about taking back your power. Now, um, one of the things that I am, the reason why I decided to, to record this episode about this topic is it, it's, it has nothing to do when, when mm, I am really tripping over my words. Clearly, it's been two months. (laughs) But, okay, so my purpose in this episode really is not attached to a person. A lot of times when we hear um, the words, take back your power, you know, people are talking about, you know, relationships and, you know, things like that where, You know, you may have been, you know, lost in a person or, you know, family issues and drama and that kind of stuff. That's not what this is about. This is about talking yourself back into your power. It could be anything. It really could be anything. It could be you being lost in your own mind. It could be um, the negative self-talk. It could be that. It doesn't exclusively have to do with another person. Because I know that, you know, you guys go through that. We all go through situations where people, you know, bring us down. Their energy is bad and their vibrations are low. And it's easier to bring someone down than to hold them up. We know this. So you can definitely use it for this reason. But my entire purpose is something that I've gone through, which is I am more apt to harm me than anyone outside of me with because of my own thoughts so for that reason um I have you know I wanted to talk about you know how to talk yourself back into your power and I think that some of the ways to do that are things that you know we've talked about you know on the podcast or in the group in the past and one of the first um things that I definitely agree. It's not going to be any chronological order that I say these things. Um, you can actually rearrange them 
in the order that means the most to you. This is just um, how it resonates with me. And the first one for me is don't waste your energy complaining. And I remember, and I don't remember who, um, you know, said this quote or even the way it's arranged. It's only uh, a few words, but I, I, I think I remember it in the opposite way that it said. And the quote that I remember is, is complaint is poverty, gratitude is riches. But it may be the opposite way. Gratitude is riches, complaint is poverty. But in my mind, it's complaint is poverty, gra- gratitude is riches. So complaining, when you're, even if you don't speak the words, speaking the words out loud to me um, kind of solidifies what's in your mind. If you keep the words in your mind, I think you can work easier to attack it. Once it's outside, it's like a double whammy because your your ears hear the things that you say and it's just like boom, boom, you know, double. Like it's like a um, an echo again in your mind. You know what I'm saying? You, you thought it and then boom, you stamped it as correct. So um, I think there's a big difference in complaining and problem solving we as a people especially and I and don't get me wrong don't don't feel away about me saying this but we as women we are more prone to vent to our friends family and co-workers about the problems that we have instead of trying to garner a solution we don't necessarily want you know someone's advice We want to be able to vent and say, this person did this, or he did that, or da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, or my boss, or da-da-da-da-da. And if you're like me, a lot of things happen, and I keep it in my mind. I don't really vent to anybody until it's like bursting. And then the only person I vent to is my sister. And that to me is 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 a, is, is a tragedy because now I've put all this on her. So I, my goal is that, that that is literally my goal is to stop venting. And if I need to vent, write it out, get my journal, name it venting, write it out, tear it up, and, and burn it. At least at that point, I've gotten all of that energy out of me. You know what I mean? It, I, I would definitely advise to not vent to other people with your negativity. Because what you're doing is putting your energy on them and then you're taking their good energy. And now they walked away in a bad mood. So as much as possible, keep your bad energy away from other people Don't allow it to come out as rage and anger to your family, to your children. Get a journal and write that shit out. And then don't keep that journal. Don't don't keep it. Write that shit out. And then if you want to keep it to do a releasing ritual, do that. But don't keep it like long term where when you die, someone finds the journal and oops, their name and all of these, you know, things are in the journal. It is a venting, releasing journal. So when you 
you know, have to vent, sit down and write that shit out. And then when you are ready to do a releasing ritual, tear it up, burn it and release that shit, shit out into the ether. Excuse me for all the cussing my mouth these two last two months. I'm going to try to rein it in. I'm going to try to rein it in. Another thing complaint shows is um, it kind of implies that you have no power over your situation and really shows a lack of power over your own attitude. And, And the reason why is because you're venting and you're letting all of your bad energy out to people around you and you're you're either clouding them in negativity or stealing their positivity it depends on what they give you back so you have to give more than you receive and that's for the the uh positive don't give them more negative <laughs> give them give other people good things Keep that negativity away from people. Don't keep it to you either. Write it out and do a releasing ritual and burn it up. Um, Another one is accept the responsibility for how you feel. And what, what I mean by that is don't allow people to dictate your emotions. Don't allow people to do that. These are your emotions. Take ownership of how you feel. You have the right to feel how you feel. Don't allow anyone to make you feel bad about how you feel. Don't allow, uh, don't put the blame on someone else for how you feel. For instance, um, I guess what I'm really trying to say is, Your reactions are your own actions. You are literally acting secondly in response to someone else. So you have the power to choose how you react. And if you decide to react negatively, remember that that is your choice. Accept that responsibility for how you decide to react. Don't put it off on my husband made me act this way or, you know, the news, you know, pissed me off or da-da-da-da-da, anything. Don't put it off on anyone else through the the reactions you chose to do. You chose to do this. You chose to cuss someone out. You chose to trip that man. You chose to punch someone in the gut. (laughs) You chose whatever action you, 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 um, you made as a result of someone else's actions towards you, whatever that action is that you chose to do as, you know, because of what someone else has done to you, that is your choice. And it it should never be blamed on the person's actions previously. It shouldn't be. Because they did not tell you to react this way. If someone cheats on you and you go key their car, You cannot blame him for cheating on you for you keying his car. You chose to key his car, right? That was your choice. You could have just walked away and said, thank you for for letting me know what kind of trash person you are. I'm out and let me go work on myself for healing. But instead, you decide to go key his car. Now, that's your choice. And you can't blame that on him. 
his choice was to have sex with this person. His He takes all that blame. You, you know, breaking up with him and him getting mad about that, whatever his actions are as a result of that, that's his actions. That's his choice. And he can't blame that on you. So take ownership and responsibility for how you feel and then the actions that happen as a result to how you feel. This right here is one that I, I, I know a lot of people need in their life. And this is the third one that I have on my list. Establish healthy boundaries. And even as I say that, I want my first kind of response to that is this. Do not allow people to make you feel obligated to them in any way. No matter what they've done for you in life, mother, father, sister, brother, do not allow people to make you feel obligated to them. My sister and I, she is my little sister. I still call her my little sister. (laughs) She's five years younger than me and she's 41, but I still call her my little sister. And I have an obligation to her to make sure that she has a great life. Does she put that obligation on me? No. That is my obligation to her as being the oldest sister because our mother died when I was eight and she was three. So as a result, I feel that it's my obligation to look out for my sister as long as I am alive. That is the obligation I gave to myself because my mother died when we were very young. That is not an obligation that she holds me to. She has never held me to it. I don't even think she knows that this is an obligation that I have towards her. All that she knows is that her big sister is 10 toes down for her no matter what. That's all she knows. If she listens to this episode, she'll know that I have an obligation to her that I set for myself. No one outside of me did that. I did that because I believe it is what my mother would have wanted for me to not go about, not not saying not go live my life, but to live my life with her and around her because neither one of us have a mother or a father on this earth. So it would behoove me to ever go and live far away from my only sibling. But that's not ever going to happen. Now, my father, of course, has children, but this is my mother's child. And she is the only sibling that I have known all of my life. You know? So, going back to the obligation part. Don't allow people to force you to do something. You have to recognize that you are in charge of yourself. And by Allowing other people to make you obligated to do this or that for them gives them charge over your life. And not on, it's, it's kind of like witchcraft. It re, obligation is kind of like witchcraft when someone else makes you obligated to them. Because now they are in charge of your life. And it's a manipulation tactic. Don't allow yourself to be manipulated. Set healthy boundaries for people. And that that includes physical boundaries too. Don't allow people to feel like, you know, just because you are related to them, they get to touch you. Listen, people are, ooh, okay? 
I know that you know. And allow your children to set those boundaries. Don't force your little girls and little boys to have to go and put their heads in, you know, bosoms and things like that if they don't want to. Allow them to have healthy boundaries with people that if they don't want to hug um, someone, I'm never going to make my niece hug someone she don't want to hug. She's 14. She's going through puberty. She don't want you touching her. Don't touch her. Period. She goes through moments where she just wants to hug me, but she don't want me to hug her. Okay, it's your it's your world. Teach her, teach your children those boundaries, and you be the example. If you don't want to be touched, don't touch me. I don't like to be touched. And this is <laughs> I had to set this boundary at work because people back when I used to go into an office, people used to love to touch me. And, you know, I am a person that has bigger boobs, okay? Um, And as a result, you know, dudes are gross. So I learned a long time ago, you just don't touch me. (laughs) Really, no hugs, no none of that. Because when people hug you, they just, especially when you have big boobs, it's just real... It, it just becomes real scandalous. Dude, get, get off me. You doing too much. And in order for me to not cuss you out, don't touch me. So I had gotten into that mode. And, you know, I, I was really staunch at work. Do not touch me. Like, I don't like when men come over your seat and put their hands on your shoulders. And now you're looking down my shirt. Back up. And you, I'm real. That, that happened to me a lot a lot, a lot, and it really just, it's a cringe for me. Cringe. You understand? (laughs) Get from over me. I don't, don't stand over me. Don't put your hands on my shoulder. Like, I have boundaries. And it just got to the point where I would just tell my staff and everybody, listen, I don't want to be touched. Please do not touch me. And just, that's just how it had to be. Don't touch me. Don't touch. Don't, no hugs. Don't tap me on the shoulder. Don't touch me. Because at, at a certain point, it's cringy. I have big boobs and I don't like being leered at. You know? So you have to set boundaries, especially when, you know, when you're curvy and got all of this stuff. Mm-mm, don't touch me. Sorry. <laughs> I went off on a tangent. I had a you know, a memory, it drew, it drew me back. Okay, so the next one, I'm trying to hurry up because we're like 20 minutes in. The next one is a big one. Is It is it's forgiveness, you know? This is number four. It is forgiveness. And a lot of people have an issue with forgiveness because they think it lets the other person off the hook. And for me, my aunt told me this at when I was 30. Yeah, one of my aunts told me this when I was 30. And she said, Luanza, forgiveness is is not about the other person. It's about you. And when she told me that, it was like the biggest aha moment for me. And not only just the biggest aha moment, but it allowed me a release. It allowed me the ability to let go of the things that I harbored against people who wronged me. It allowed... a a heavy burden off of my shoulders you know what I mean because for many years I felt like 
forgive to forgive and forget were a hand in hand job and to forgive you meant I had to be with you and I ain't want that you did way too much to me I don't want you in my life so if I forgive you I have to let you back and I ain't want that so for me if if I can forgive and wish you well and send you on your way and that's it Oh, I'm going to do it. So forgiveness is about you. It is not about the other person. It is a, it is the ability to release that burden that you've been carrying. Release that grudge. Release that baggage. Release all of that that brings you down. Release it. Forgive for your own sake. Not for somebody else's. And, and I have put a little caveat on that. Forgive and wish them well in life. You, you don't ever have to let that person be a part of your life again. I have an uncle that did me a disservice growing up. Really bad disservice. I have no ill will towards that man at all. At all. I forgave him. I wish him well in life. When I hear that he's doing good, awesome. Because I have no more ill will. But I also know that although you're my mother's brother, I will you you can't ever be a part of my life again. You did me a disservice. When your sister died, you did not treat me well. You did not try to love me. You didn't try to help me through my mother's death. I had no mother or father. You didn't even try to step up and you, you, I'm going to leave that there because they may listen in and I'm going to just leave it there. What I'm going to say is I wish him well in life. I have no ill will towards that man. And this is how you have to do with people. It may take, um, it may take some time. Because there is another guy who didn't do me nearly as horribly as my uncle did. But that guy still hangs on sometimes. I don't think about it. I don't really hold a grudge. But when I hear his name, I really just want to throat punch him. So I know that I still (laughs) have some work to do where he's concerned. I need to do a release for him. Because it's still, some baggage is still there. But for the most part, forgive and wish people well in their life. And I think the, the, the problem with this second guy is that I, I don't wish him well. And that to me is part of forgiving. You have to be able to wish that person well. So I, and I actually just realized that while I'm talking to you guys, I, I don't wish him well. And that is the, the part that I missed when forgiving is that I don't wish him well. So I need to go back and redo that with him because I need to be able to wish him well. And to me, that is the, the thing I know. And it may not even, it may not work for you. You may have to find something for you that lets you know that you have forgiven. But when I know I have forgiven, it's because I wish them well in life and I am genuinely happy when I hear that they're doing well. So that for me is why, how I know I have forgiven people. There is no one 
like there's nobody in in this world that I hate. Hey, I'm just not gonna put that in my in my body. I'm not gonna do that. And what I know about energy, it is easier to like than to dislike. I'm not gonna keep anything going in my body that allows me to dislike you. You know, even people who have done me wrong. You know, you gotta let stuff go. People are in, you know, are, are fallible human beings. You have to let that go because people are going to hurt you. You have to decide whether or not. And, and, and here's the thing. Here's another thing that I want you guys to stop waiting on. Stop waiting on people to apologize to you. Stop waiting on um, closure. Get your own closure. Get get your own closure. Not everyone is able to apologize and not everybody's going to give you closure. Get your own closure. Get your own closure by forgiving. Remove the the absoluteness of someone else's apology and just forgive. People listen and and I, this this part I am going to be real about. Whether you believe it or not, nobody owes you an apology and that's just for real. You owe yourself the ability to forgive and move on. And when I say forgive, I'm not only speaking of the person outside of you, I am speaking also of the person that you are. Forgive yourself. And this is something that I realized this past summer is that I have been worrying about forgiving so many people that I have never forgiven myself. I have done myself a disjustice Disjustice? That is not a word. Injustice. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I have done myself an in- injustice by gaining so much weight, by eating foods that allow me to be sick, for believing things that don't serve me. All of these things that I have done to myself are way worse than anybody outside of me has done to me. And I neglected to forgive myself. I neglected to apologize to myself and to forgive myself. And that is the part that I am working on now is going back in my mind, writing down things that I've done to myself and apologizing to myself and then turning around and forgiving myself. It may sound crazy, but you owe yourself the most You owe you more than you owe anybody else outside of you. You owe you better. Okay, so I'm going to try to go faster. Um, the, The next one is don't waste time on unproductive thoughts. This is number five. Don't waste time on unproductive thoughts. Like don't sit around daydreaming about what could have, should have been. That's unproductive. Don't sit around um, thinking about what you could have done better. Um, Like that, that has plagued me in the past. If I could have just did this, if I would have just done that. Oh my gosh, if I never would have said. That plagues me because I have recently discovered that I have an issue with perfection of myself. And because I am so far from being perfect, everything that I do that turns out not in my favor. I harp on it horribly. And it's hard for me to, it has been hard in the past for me to let go of things because 
it has been my own decision, especially if it's my own things. If, if I know better and I don't do better and then end up in a, in whatever situation that plagues me. And that is something that I'm working on with myself. So, and because of that, I have wasted tons of time on unproductive thoughts. And when you're going through something, a lot of time, like me, sometimes it takes me so long to get out of my head. It, it's crazy. So I, so, I bless and curse myself for having such an awesome mind. But then that awesome mind gets tangled like Charlotte's web. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, another one is avoid uh, victim language, you know? Things like, I have to do this. Or I had to do this for this reason or for that reason. You don't have to or had to nothing. That goes back to obligation. You choose this or you choose that. And another thing, um, the reason why I say avoid victim language is because a lot of times when you're venting to people and when you're telling people, you know, telling your story to people, you are making yourself out to be a victim. We are to be victorious in this life. Don't ever put yourself in the shoes of a victim. Victims get taken advantage of. Don't ever be a victim of circumstance or anything don't ever don't ever even imply or infer that because you are sending that out to the universe and like an echo that will return right back to you so if you are a person that does that stop that now um another thing is uh, we're on number seven now i hope you guys have been writing that down or you know maybe you're just listening but um I think this is probably going to be the last one um, just simply because I didn't, I don't have any more that I've written down. I may do a part two, um, but this one is really just about your self-worth and a lot of people tie their self-worth um, up in other people's opinions. Um, you know, a lot of times wives are, you ooh, not our because I'm single, but your self-worth is tied up into what your husband thinks about you. Or um, even husbands, you know, your self-worth may be tied up into how your wife thinks about you or how, you know, your mother thinks about you. You know, um, women who are in relationships your, that are, you know, that aren't married, your self-worth may be tied to how your partner feels about you. You know what I mean? So, um, it, your self-worth should never depend on someone else holding you in any kind of high regard. Um, if you find that you have, that you describe yourself as a people pleaser, this is you. This is who you are. You have tied yourself into how other people see you. And you have decided to please people to give you that high self-esteem instead of having high self-esteem on your own. And I remember Cat Williams says, uh, esteem, self-esteem is esteem of yourself. And this is, this is correct. And as a, as a kid, I have always had high self-esteem. I have always, um, no matter what I weighed, I always felt that I was pretty. 
I always knew that I was smart and highly intelligent. These are things that I believed as a child. Nobody in my family poured that into me. If I believed the things that my family said to me, yeah. So, no. They did not pour that into me. I just somehow, the Lord just gave me those thoughts. (laughs) And I believed those thoughts. So, um, you know, you have to have, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself good things. And that's why one of my favorite affirmations is, I am whole, perfect, strong, powerful, loving, harmonious, and happy. That is a good uh, affirmation for good self-esteem. If you don't have good self-esteem, if you want all those things that I said, say it, get it. And if those are not the adjectives you want to describe for yourself, find seven different adjectives, put I am in front of it, and keep going until it resonates with you. That just happens to resonate with me. Find other adjectives that resonate with you, put I am in front of it, and go. That's how you do that. That's your affirmation. If that what I just said doesn't work for you, find other adjectives that do and put I am in front of it. That's it. But you have to make sure that your self-esteem is what you think of yourself, not what someone else thinks. Because their opinion, if you can turn on a dime, if you don't please them the way that they want you to. And then what? Are you going to think that you're a POS because they say that you are? No. You have to, st- and, and, and that is something, I will say this. This, this is something that I will say. As adults, pour these things into your children. Because first of all, these kids have a hard time, this generation, this new generation, because, you know, we did not go through a pandemic. They have been in a pandemic. It is so much going on with these kids. It is time to pour into the children. They need to have high self-esteem. These are the children who will put you in false, I mean, in, um, in homes if you, you know, piss them off. So pour good things into your children, you know? My niece, I let her know that she's gorgeous, she's beautiful, she's smart. Like, I don't, I don't allow her to think bad things about herself. And these kids, a lot of times when you know, your your child has friends whose parents don't pour into them, that rubs off on your kid. And a prime example of that is when I was, um, when I went to college, you know, my mother died when I was eight and 10 years later, I went to college. And I had, I had high self-esteem. But going to college and having a lot of people there that did not have high self-esteem and thought, how dare I have high self-esteem? It wore on me. And then it wore on me further when I had friends who had low self-esteem. And it kept getting my esteem lower and lower and lower because it's just like, wow. You know, and it's hard to keep that self-esteem when you're that young There's no one pouring into you. And then you have friends who have terrible self-esteem, you know? There there wasn't, you know, social media. So you didn't have daily inspiration and motivation at your fingertips, you know? There were no, um, there wasn't YouTube and there wasn't, you know, podcasts like this that I could listen to and 
There was there was no TikToking. There was nothing there for kids like me when I was 18 to be able to turn to to, to get some inspiration. All I had was my friends. My family did not offer that inspiration. So to me, it was harder than to keep going and keep having that high self-esteem when everybody around you was just like, ooh, down in the dumps, you know? So for me, I try to make it my business to always, you know, pour into my niece while she's with me. And, you know, when she calls me on the phone, like I'm always available. She's probably one of two people that I will always be available to. You know, no matter the time of day, she knows if she pick up the phone, even if I'm asleep, auntie is going to answer the phone. She knows this. So for me, I'm, I'm going to always pour good things into my niece because what I know is that she's a lot like me. We're both Aquarius and she's a lot like me. And I never want her to experience the things that I did when I was her age at the hands of my aunts and uncles. I want to be someone that she can call and lean on. I don't want her to run away to college and not and, and not look back. You know what I mean? So that's not something that I want for her. So we are at the end of this. I think I will do like a part two because the whole purpose of this is to give you kind of tools to be able to help you take back your power, you know? And these are, a lot of times we give away our power because we are unhealed and we don't really know. We don't even know that we've given away the power. And the the steps that I gave you are really more so about your mind. And if you take back the power in your mind, you will take back the power in your body. That that that's automatic. So start with your mind. And with each of those um items that I gave you, always end with gratitude. Gratitude is a mood lifter and a vibrational shifter. It is. So always no matter what you are doing every day, add gratitude into your life. Add it. Teach your children now about gratitude. If you have kids that's up to seven, I have a book on Amazon right now called My Little Thankful Heart. Get that book for them. Teach them now about gratitude. There's a gratitude story there that shows them about gratitude. And then at the end of the little the little story are gratitude um things that you can do with your your children, with the entire family, that you can teach them about gratitude and add gratitude daily. Next, in a couple of months, I'm coming out with gratitude journal, a a gratitude journal prompts for children and adults. So that every day you can check in with yourself and write down what you're grateful for, how your day went, and it just, it, it will prompt you to write things so that you can stop and study your day. And it's also there for children too. But though, and this will be for children who know how to write. So that's coming out at the top of the year. Well, more like um, in time for Black Friday, I think. 
So thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I am glad to be back. Thank you guys for holding on and waiting on me. Um, Don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life. I promise you your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talks with the Gratitude Chick. I am your host, Luanza, a.k.a. The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe and give my podcast five stars. If you have not already, join my Facebook group, Babes Who Manifest.